Welcome to Pursuing the Pinnacle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you will hear engaging tips and strategies in order to live your absolute best life as a Christian. So let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. Hello, friends, and thank you once again for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle. Today, we're going to continue with our topic of discussion as we have over the last couple of weeks on attitude and why our attitude is so important. We've considered several major statements about attitude, seven to be exact, and today we're going to cover the last of those seven, number six and number seven. And so let's begin with number six. Attitude, major statement number six is this. Our attitude can give us an uncommonly positive perspective. What is the result of that truth? The truth that our attitude can give us an uncommonly positive perspective. What is the result of that truth? Well, the result is this, the accomplishment of uncommon goals. I have keenly observed the different approaches and results achieved by a positive thinker and by a person filled with fear and apprehension. And we see a lot of those two contrasts today with everything that's going on around us. For example, when Goliath came up against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big, we can never kill him. He's a massive man, a soldier from his youth. But David looked at the same giant and thought, he's so big, I can't miss him. I'm reminded of a preacher who preached a sermon entitled, Attitude Makes the Difference. And in his sermon, he tells about a Scotsman who was extremely hardworking and expected all the men under him to be the same way. His men would tease him, Scotty, don't you know that Rome wasn't built in a day? Yes, he would answer. I know that, but I wasn't the foreman on that job. You see, the people whose attitude causes them to approach life from an entirely positive perspective are not always understood well. They are what some call no-limit people. They don't accept the normal limitations of life like most people do. They are unwilling to accept the accepted just because it is accepted. Their responses to self-limiting conditions will probably be why instead of an okay. And so let's be honest, though. They do have limitations in life, just like everybody does. Their gifts are not so plentiful that they cannot fail, but they are determined to walk to the very edge of their potential or the potential of a project before they accept a single defeat. This mindset allows a person to start each and every day with a positive disposition. It's kind of like the elevator operator on a rainy Monday morning. The elevator was full and the man began humming a beautiful tune. And one passenger seemed particularly irritated by the man's mood and snapped, Why are you so happy? What what are you happy about? Well, sir, replied the man happily, I ain't never lived this day before. You see, the future not only looks bright when the attitude is right, but also the present is much more enjoyable. The positive person understands that the journey is as enjoyable as the destination. And so here's your attitude application for this major statement number six. I want you to notice the limitation that you accept today. What are those limitations, whether it be on a project or in a relationship or wherever it may be? What is the limitation? I want you to notice it and acknowledge it. With each limitation example, now ask the question, why? Why do I accept it? And can I change it? to non-acceptance? Can I make a change in attitude to no longer accept this limitation? Our next major attitude statement, number seven, is this. Our attitude is not automatically good just because we are Christians. 
It is noteworthy that the seven deadly sins, pride, covetousness, lust, envy, anger, gluttony, and sloth, are all matters of attitude, inner spirit, and motives. Sadly, many carnal Christians carry with them inner spirit problems. They are like the elder brother of the prodigal son, thinking they do everything right. He chose to stay home with the father. No way was he going to go spend his time sowing wild oats. Yet, when the younger brother came back home, some of the elder brother's wrong attitudes began to surface. First came a feeling of self-importance. The elder brother was out in the field doing what he ought to do, but he got mad when the party began at home. He didn't get mad because he didn't like parties. I know he liked parties because he complained to his father that he never got to throw one. That was followed by a feeling of self-pity. The elder brother said in Luke 15, verse 29 through 30, Look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Often we overlook the true meaning of the story of the prodigal son. We forget that we have not just one, but two prodigals in this story. The younger brother obviously is guilty of the sins of the flesh, whereas the elder brother is guilty of the sins of the spirit, his attitude. And when the parable closes, it is the elder brother, the second prodigal, who is outside the father's house. This elder brother attitude has three possible results, none of which are positive. Number one, it is possible for us to assume the place and privilege of a son while refusing the obligations of a brother. The elder brother outwardly was correct, conscientious, industrious, dutiful, but his attitude was wrong. Also note that a wrong relationship with the brother brought a strained relationship with the father. We see that in verse 28. Secondly, though, it is possible to serve the father faithfully, yet not be in fellowship with him. A right relationship will usually cultivate similar interests and priorities. Yet the elder brother had no idea why the father would rejoice over his son's return. And third, it is possible to be an heir of all your father's possessions, yet have less joy and liberty than the one who possesses absolutely nothing. The servants were happier than the elder son. They ate, they laughed, they danced while he stood on the outside demanding his rights. You see, a wrong attitude kept the elder brother away from the heart's desire of the father, the love of his brother in the joy of the servants. Wrong attitudes in our lives will block the blessings of God and cause us to live below God's potential for our lives. And so here's your final attitude application of these seven major statements. When our attitude begins to erode like the elder brothers, we should remember two things. Number one, our privilege. Verse 31, my child, you have always been with me. And then secondly, remember our possessions. Verse 31, all that is mine is yours. So take a moment to list your privileges and possessions that you have in Jesus Christ. And I think you will walk away from that realizing how rich we all really are. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle, subscribing to it, and sharing it with those that you love. As always, it is my prayer that God be with you and that you seek him in all things. Until next time, God bless. God bless.